0: Family Church, family.
1: Hey everybody, Pastor Justy here from Rock Creek Family Church, hoping that you are doing well this Wednesday. Welcome to our midweek Bible study. We are going to dive deeper into what we have been discovering and talking about, about being that group of men or women that God is using no matter what the landscape looks like, no matter what's going on in this world, God always has His men and His women that are going to be used by Him in a really profound way. They're going to live for Him and serve Him no matter what's going on in their life. And I believe that is you. I believe He's calling you to do that. He's calling me to do that. So let's do this together. Let's dive into this Kingdom Living Bible study that uh, we're going to be going over for the next few weeks and continue on with that. All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Daniel chapter 1. We will get into that in just a second. First, let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. You are so good. You are so good to us. You're so gracious and loving and merciful and kind, but also you are so mighty and powerful and awesome glorious and majestic and 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 to be revered and to be respected so i want to thank you for meeting with us in the midst of those two things in the midst of your glory and your grace and in your power and your awesomeness and i pray god that as we meet you in the midst of all of that that we would know you more know you better grow closer to you god let us hear your word and your will and your way let us do that. Let us serve you in that today. Father, if there's anyone in this, uh, in, in the sound of my voice tonight that needs to know that you love them, remind them. Remind them, God. If anyone needs to be encouraged, Lord, lift them up, pick them up, Lord, and dust them off and set them back on the right path. If anyone needs to know you as their Savior, let them come to you today without waiting. Father, we pray that this word would go forward and pierce the darkness. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So good to have you. Thanks for joining in. I appreciate you so very much. Uh, I I do want to say I apologize in advance because my head has been extremely pollinated over the last couple of days. Uh, I don't know, I guess it's in full bore out there for sure. So if I squeak and bark all the way through this, please forgive me and give me just a little bit of grace as we try to to do this Bible study tonight. Uh, Again, welcome to our midweek Bible study. We have been talking about the influence of the Holy Spirit and it, that is for the reason of helping us to cultivate this lifestyle to live for him, no matter what's going on in our world. Um, we want to go deeper in that. And let's look at, start looking at some examples in the scripture that God used in profound ways, even though they found themselves in maybe a culture that was not so friendly toward being, a man or woman of God in their day, in their time. We actually find a lot of examples in Scripture. We'll go over just uh, maybe three or four or five today. <clears throat> we might go over more next week. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. but. Anyways, today is uh, we will talk about Daniel. Talk about Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You'll know them from with different names as we get deeper into this. I promise you, you'll recognize it. All right, so let's compare Daniel and his three friends, maybe even to what Jesus said. To uh, the New Testament church, and let's see what God was doing in both sets—Old Testament and in New Testament. Let's compare them and let's see how God maybe wants us to live our life as we find this world system we're living in getting more and more crazy. Uh, just, just, uh, well, without getting too crazy and political and everything, let's just say this: um, God is calling us to live in accordance with His kingdom. Uh, and no matter where we find ourselves in this world, uh, we're going to live in accordance with his kingdom first. Now, God can use us no matter what little kingdom we're in down here. But first, we recognize him and his as the big kingdom, as the main authority over all that we do, say, and are. But we got to live in this world, Right? And as we live in this world, we're going to make. God wants us to make sure that He knows that, that we can be conformed to, not to the things of this world, but be transformed as He renews our mind and grows us in faith. Um, so He has, He has some examples in the Old Testament: uh, Daniel and I said Hananiah, which is actually Shadrach, Mishael, which is Meshach. And Azariah, which is Abednego, God used them in profound ways, and God brought them through um, things that, that helped them to not just survive, but actually make an impact in their world. And they did. They made a huge impact. So there are four things, four conscience, uh, <clears throat> consciousness, consistent, collaborative efforts that they gave they, they, they made a, a, an effort to do four things, <clears throat> excuse me, they made an effort to do four things uh, in their life, no matter what was going on in their world, and, and when they did these four things and God walked with them through these four things, oh, it made a huge impact in their world. So what are these four things? Well, we're really only going to go over one today, we'll go over the next uh, three over the next few weeks. Uh, but the four, if you want to just write down maybe some, some quick notes there, the four things are grow in godliness. Every day they chose to grow in godliness. The second thing is, is that they, they created or a, a, they cultivated a dynamic devotion. They cultivated a dynamic devotion. Number three, they pursued holiness and number four, they walked by faith. If you do those four things, you do those four things now, God's going to use you in amazing ways. <clears throat> number one, grow in godliness. Number two, cultivate dynamic devotion. Number three, pursue holiness. Number four, walk by faith. To date, we only have enough time to talk about growing in godliness. Growing in godliness and how they had a commitment to, no matter where they found themselves, they had this commitment to living a godly life, a commitment to living the way God wanted them to live. <clears throat> this is where we pick up in Daniel chapter one. We're going to go over four examples in how they were committed. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, four, four ways, four times that they were committed to to growing in godliness and living a godly lifestyle. First example we're going to read about is Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 through 16. Daniel 1, 8 through 16 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore he requested to the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, "'I fear my lord, the king, "'who has appointed your food and drink. "'For why should he see your faces looking worse "'than the young men who are your age?' Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, "'Please test your servants for ten days, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink.' Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies as you see fit. So deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this manner and he tested them 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portions of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them their vegetables. Um, now, just kind of recap real quick, just so that we all really understand what's going on here. Okay, obviously we know Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they were, they were Jewish young men and when they were exiled into this new Persian system, Persian kingdom, new world system, new religious system, new everything that was not exactly friendly to the the, the monotheistic religion that they had grown up in. And and in this system the king was actually to be worshipped as a god as well as many other gods, a very polytheistic way of doing a religious system. Well, they saw promise in Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that they saw promise in these four young men to actually use them to be leaders in this new kingdom. And as so, they brought them in to train them on how to do that, train them to be the leaders they wanted in this training they actually fed them, and they fed them these choice delicacies that the king wanted them to eat because the king thought that if they ate these, then, then they would actually uh, be better for it, that, that, that this would be better food for them, and that they could um, actually grow better, grow stronger by eating this food, right? Well, Daniel realized that this food was actually offered up to foreign gods and, and foreign idols in and, and idol worship. So Daniel and his three friends decided that they were not going to eat the food that was given and being blessed, so to speak, by these other gods, that they were only going to eat what they knew God had blessed in this, in this uh, area, in this way of life here. So that's when Daniel said, hey, we're not going to eat your stuff. We're just going to eat vegetables and juice and water and that kind of stuff. We're going to eat that. And then the guy that was over them was really fearful because he said, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, I don't want the king chopping my head off because you guys are going to look skinny and you guys are going to look unfit. And all of these other people that are eating are going to be looking like they're fed well he said, I don't want to lose my job or my head over this. Daniel said, test us, trust us. If, if we don't look better than the others, then after 10 days, we can, we can do something different. So uh, with a little bit of coercion, um, they, they decided to go ahead and allow this to take place. So sure enough, that's what he said. Daniel said, if, if we don't look fatter and better and stronger just by eating our vegetables and things that we know God has allowed us to eat, then um, then we'll, we'll do something different. So that, that's a big lesson to you. Vegetables will make you fat. Stay away from those things. They're, they're, they're bad for you. They'll make you fat, especially if you uh, deep fry them and dip them in ranch dressing or something. But I digress. Okay, let's move back into what we're talking about. So let, let's let's look at this and let's see how this cultivated godly living, how this made them grow in godliness and and made them um, really stay committed to godly living. Um, Daniel could could have just said, hey, new world, new system, new way, just throw all the old stuff out. Let's just forget it. But he didn't. Daniel, Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah, they decided to stay true to what God had taught them, not to eat anything that was blessed, so to speak, by a foreign God or a lesser God or a man-made God. And so when they, when they stood firm, the first thing that they did is they stood firm in their willingness to honor God's way. Um, Is't it interesting that whenever he's talking with the, the the guy who's the chief of the eunuchs over them <clears throat> the the chief of the eunuchs was in was being very fearful of his king but Daniel was not fearful of that king Daniel only feared one king and that is the king being God almighty uh, they they feared God while the others feared this lesser king. This lesser king, okay. Uh, so they they believed they just they just believed that if they would honor God and come to Him and, and do exactly live the way that He says to live, that uh, they believed that that God would provide a way for them. He would give them either either grace to endure whatever it was that they needed to endure or that he would give them a divine favor and and elevate them above the things that would try to tear them down. So the very first thing we see here is that Daniel chose, Daniel and the three buds, the three musketeers, right? They chose to stand firm in their willingness to honor God first. And they, did, they honored God first by doing life God's way, doing, doing what God said to do and honoring that. Kind of like maybe trying to live your lifestyle in a way that says uh, to do is what Jesus taught us to do. Even Jesus, before <clears throat> he went into the cross, told his disciples, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Live the way that I taught you to live. Live, live in that way and this love will, will cause you to live a, a, a fruitful, spiritually especially, fruitful lifestyle. So that's the first thing they did. They stood firm in their willingness to honor God first. The second thing they did, they chose not to compromise by worshiping other false gods or even temporary real realities. Let's go deeper in another example of that. Daniel chapter 3. You could just go over another couple of chapters. Daniel chapter 3, verses 12 through 18. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods nor worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so that they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at that time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Again, small recap, right? Uh, Fast forward, maybe even a couple of years later, um, they, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they're now placed, they've gone through training, they passed everything well. They're now placed as kind of governors over certain areas, uh, maybe even areas in which other Jewish exiles were. And and so as being governors over there, They were then in charge of making sure everything was running smoothly. Well, here you go. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, decides to erect a golden image, most likely of himself. And at the sound of some worship music, in a way of speaking, at the sound of some worship music, the whole entire country was supposed to bow down at a certain time when they hear this and worship the golden image. Well, they found out that these three governors in particular, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were not doing this. And so most likely since they were not doing this, all of the Jews that were under them were not doing this either. So this really became a big deal. And um, the king basically said, hey, if you don't do this, if you don't bow down and worship me at a certain time, then I'm going to throw you in this fiery furnace. You guys have heard this story before. One of my favorite stories But uh, we see that, let's look at the response that these three young men, and I keep in mind, these are young men, okay? These are not seasoned saints. These are young men just coming up in the faith, being thrown into a crazy world system, crazy religious system, being made to possibly worship lesser gods, other gods, idols, and kings. And as they're being made to do so, Here's their response. They said, listen, do whatever you've got to do, O king, but we believe that our God can deliver us and help us no matter what. He'll either keep us alive and deliver us from the fire, or guess what? If we burn up, then we'll burn up in the name of our God and we'll go and we'll meet with him however he wants us to do so. So they did not compromise by worshiping false gods. They also didn't worship a temporary reality. It would be easy to bow down to the reality that their life was was just seconds away from ending. Um, this was going to be it. They were standing there and the fire was, was, was hot. It, it was in front of them. They had this reality that said, hey, if you don't worship, you burn. And they could have very easily said, you know what, let's just let's just go with the king on this one and let's, let's try to ask forgiveness and work it out later. But they didn't. They didn't bow down to that temporary reality, that temporary reality that said that King Nebuchadnezzar was, was the authority of all life. That was a temporary situation for them. They, they knew an eternal situation, an, an eternal reality that basically said, no, God is the main authority over it all. And we're not going to worship any other God <clears throat> because of what he has said in the Ten Commandments. says, Thou shalt not worship any false images, any idols, anything like that. So they've decided not to compromise and to make a stand for righteousness. And there, there comes a time in, in your life when you, when you make the right decision then you have to have the courage to stand in that decision no matter the outcome and i pray that when you are there or i pray if you've already been there i pray that our holy god will uphold you and hold you strong in that moment <clears throat> this goes into even spiritual warfare which is why the book of ephesians paul writes having done all stand stand in that reality Stand in that armor, stand in knowing who God is and who you are in God. Stand, stand strong, stand firm. Be be, be, be strong, be courageous in what God's called you to do. And so as they did that, God used them in a mighty way. You remember the rest of the story, right? They're cast in. <clears throat> and the only things that got burned were the ropes that were binding them and the enemy that threw them in. They stood up and Jesus, the son of man, starts walking around them, with them, in this fiery furnace. Not only are they not singed, not only do they get set free, but as the king brings them out of the fire, the king ends up saying, well, to God be the glory. Not to to him, but to God be the glory. So, you see the impact that they made because they chose. They chose not to compromise by worshiping false gods or temporary realities, not to bow down to a temporary situation that would affect you eternally. So, the third thing, the third example we're going to read about in the book of Daniel about how to grow in godliness and how to stay committed to godly living is going to be found in Daniel chapter 6 verses 3 through 16. Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 16. And just for sake of time, let's skip on down to verse 10. Daniel chapter 3, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 10. I'll catch you up with the other verses. You can go back and read them later. But Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 Says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room, with windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since since the early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel who is one of the captives of Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Now, how cool is that, all right? But let's, let's first get to the third thing, the third example of what Daniel did, what, what, what he did, how he lived his life that, that showed that he was growing in godliness and that he chose to not stop worshiping God. Just as simple as that, not stop worshiping God. No matter who said who, no matter who said what, no matter what said who, he chose to not stop worshiping God. You know the story is the Daniel and the Lion's Den story, great Sunday school story. Let's revisit that. If you read back the few verses that I skipped, you'll actually see that this was a plot met because they saw the favor. Uh, There there were people that were jealous of him because he had favor with the king and favor with God. So due to jealousy, they decided to plot out something that would end Daniel's life. And so they actually talked the king into saying, hey, don't let anybody pray to anybody but you for 30 days. And if we find anybody that does that, we'll throw him in the lion's den. Oh, the, oh, oh, King Darius, he said, ah, sounds like a pretty good plan. And he spoke before he realized, oh, wait a minute. One of his trusted servants, Daniel, would actually end up in the lion's den. So the king was actually rooting for Daniel. As they threw Daniel in the lion's den, King the king actually himself said, Hey, Daniel, I believe that God will help you out. I believe that your God that you pray to will help you out. <clears throat> that, that's really powerful because that, that shows you <clears throat> what Daniel, the kind of life Daniel had, making an impact already in the king even before the lion's den. We're going to read about the impact after the lion's den in just a second. But to get to that impact, Daniel had to get there by by choosing not to stop worshiping. That is a big key for your life. Because I know things will come and and things will will try to tear you down. Things will try to knock your feet out from under you. Life will get heavy and hard sometimes. You want to know a key to get through all of those hard times? Never stop worshiping your God. Never stop worshiping Christ. Never stop worshiping our God, our Lord, our Savior. Never stop worshiping. Never stop giving thanks and honor to him. David, the Bible said David had to learn to encourage himself in the Lord. And that's why David writes a few Psalms that say, magnify the Lord and come magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt him together. <clears throat> because David knew a key to get through all of these hard times was to magnify God in, in his life, in our life, greater than all of these things that's going on. Even things like being thrown into the lion's den. Never stop worshiping God. Let's pick back up and let's see the fourth thing the fourth example we'll pick back up with the same story and we're going to kind of see the impact the big impact Daniel made Daniel 6 18 through 27 now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him also he didn't sleep very well so the king arose early in the morning and went quickly to the lion's den. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke to Daniel and said, "'Hey, are you there? Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions?' Verse 21 says, "'Then Daniel said back to the king, "'O oh, king, live forever. "'My God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth.'" So that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong even before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for this. And he commanded that, he, that they should take Daniel out of the den. So, the, so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in God. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they then cast them into the lion's den, them, their children, their wives and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, languages that dwelt on the earth, peace be multiplied to you I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He goes on to say, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power Of the lions, how awesome is that? That the king then writes a worship song and a worship decree for all of his dominion, to to declare that God is the God over all. So the last thing, the last example we find here, is that Daniel prayed, and he 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 prayed, he sought, and he asked God to help him be a living witness of God's power and faithfulness. You know what, I believe with all of my heart that if you are living a lifestyle and you're praying and you're seeking and you're asking God to be honored, to be glorified and magnified in all that you do, in being a witness and a testimony of God's great love and faithfulness, if you're genuinely asking that and genuinely doing that, I believe that that is a, that's a prayer that's like a no-brainer for God to answer. It's like, of course I'm going to, I'm going to help you be an example of, of my grace and my love and my power. <clears throat> so it's just being committed to praying that and living that out. And if you do, the, do that, you'll see what an impact you're going to make for the kingdom of God. Now, let's just quickly, we're going to wrap this up, but I will wrap this up by quickly comparing this to one of the New Testament churches that was written, that a letter was written to in the book of Revelation. It's the church called Smyrna, and if you remember, it's the persecuted church. So, if you real quickly go to the other end of the book, Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write these things as the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, your tribulation and the poverty. Oh, but you are rich. And I know that the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, but they're not. And they're actually from the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to even throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and that you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. So there are are three things right here that Jesus tells the church in Smyrna, the persecuted church, hang on to these three things, which you're going to see overlap the three things that three or four things, the four things here that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were already doing. The first thing is, is know your true worth. He he says, you think you're poor, but you're really rich. He says, really know who you are in me. Know who you are in me. Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, they identified themselves not as poor pitiful servants that were exiled and, and, and brought into a foreign land and poor woe is me. No, they identified themselves still as servants of the most high God. No matter that, 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 that superseded wherever they were at. If they were in, in Jerusalem, they were servants of the most high God. If they were in Persia, guess what? They were still servants of the most high God. That superseded it all. Well, today it's the same thing. No matter where you find yourself, you are still servants. You are a child of God. First, everything else, everything else is is just secondary, right? So the first thing is know your true worth. He says, you really are rich. Know that. The second thing Jesus says is take courage, Take courage, just as Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took courage, and they stood in that courage and stood in, in, in that right uh, that that right choice they made to serve God. When they took courage, God took them, right, and then remain faithful. Just simply remain faithful. He says, "You're going to go through some stuff." He told Smyrna. You're going to go through some stuff, but just be faithful. That's the key to it all. Just be faithful. Not perfect, but faithful. Be worship. Always worship. Never stop worshiping me. Be faithful. Hey, and if you do these things, God has a promise. God has a promise that you will make an impact for his kingdom and that you will be in his hands forever. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this. We'll go deeper on this next week. We love you. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we love you, and we thank you. You are so good, and we give you praise for who you are. We pray, Lord God, that your will would be done. We pray, God, that your way would be done through our life. Let us, Lord, be a living testimony and witness an example of your faithfulness and your power. God, we praise you, we thank you for who you are. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would empower us all to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Peace
0: out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.